Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. My message title is Kadesh Banya. Kadesh Banya. Kadesh Banya. My sub-theme is in the fullness of time. Kadesh Banya. In the fullness of time. Let me start from the scriptures in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4 to verse 5. Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4 to verse 5. Kadesh Banya, in the fullness of time. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. This scripture is foundational and pivotal to our Christian identity and our faith in God. It speaks to that moment in history when the master plan of God for the redemption of mankind was finally executed with the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right from the fall of man in the garden, God began this process, but it took thousands of years for Christ to be born in the fullness of time. He couldn't have been born earlier or later because there is always a perfect timing for every divine purpose in our lives. I will use the concept of the fullness of time to share an essential truth that I believe will bless each of us not just in our lives in general, but particularly in this season. I want to explore two concepts of the fullness of time. The first expression or concept of the fullness of time relates to a defining moment. Let's all say a defining moment. Life is full of defining moments. Turning points that are characterized by a shift from one level of our lives to another. We often remember these moments for the rest of our lives. And any time we refer to our lives, we describe the before and the after of those moments. Galatians says Christ was born in the fullness of time. That was a defining moment for mankind. And so till today, the human calendar is characterized by a before Christ and after Christ. Moses had his own defining moment 
at the burning bush. The Queen Esther had a defining moment before King Ahasuerus. David had his defining moments, and a number of them, but the one that stands out was the battle against Goliath. In the life of every nation, there are defining moments like Independence Day and other national celebrations that everyone remembers. On the 4th, August 1974, Ghana stopped driving on the left and started driving on the right, and that changed everything. On the personal front, your birthday or your wedding date is an example of defining moments in your life that you always remember. Tell somebody in the fullness of time. The second expression of the fullness of time is the appointed time. The appointed time or the due date. In the book of Genesis chapter 18 verse 14, God makes express reference to an appointed time in a discussion with Abraham. A man who had believed God for a child for 90 plus years biologically had every right to give up on that dream. And God comes and says, at a time I have appointed that which you call impossible, I will make it possible. In Genesis 18 verse 14, Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Somebody say appointed time. Interestingly, the word fullness as used in the fullness of time also connotes something being filled to capacity, being complete, or being rounded in shape. And so a classic case could be an expecting mother. We will say that she goes through a whole process, but at the point where she is due to deliver, we can call that the fullness of time, the appointed time, or doctors will say your due date. At that point, she looks full, complete, and rounded. In that brief moment, Several events preceding in her life suddenly crystallized into one moment of opportunity and advantage. Friendship, dating, courtship, marriage, conception, the carrying all comes down to one brief moment, an appointed time. At that point, nothing else matters. And when the child is successfully born, Everything is forgotten. The pain, the discomfort, the anticipation, the lifestyle change, the clothing change, the self-denial, the displacement, everything now makes sense. God is about to do something in your life that will make everything you've gone through make sense. Today, you look at it and it doesn't make sense, but when God has finished arranging everything in your life, even what you hated, what you feared, what you complained about will suddenly make sense because it's the appointed time. Hallelujah. 
in the fullness of time, unexplained patterns make sense. It is a time when everything we've gone through come together and work for our advantage. Let's go to the scriptures and look at the people who came to that kind of period, season, or time in their lives, but who failed to understand the significance and therefore missed out on the blessing in the appointed time, we will look at the consequences of missed opportunity and then we will finally land on how to conduct ourselves in that moment of destiny. Let's go to a place called Kadesh Barnea and the book of Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 to verse 33. Numbers 13, 25 to 33. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. At that point now, two different voices begin a conversation. Verse 28, voice number one. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then voice number two responds. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Voice number one returns. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. In every defining moment in our lives, two voices will emerge in a contest or a conflict. And depending on which voice you listen to, you can either accelerate your progress towards your promised land or miss out on the greatest opportunity of your life. Why was this the fullness of time for Israel? They had labored in captivity for 430 years under Pharaoh, suffered and been brutalized. 
God had delivered them with mighty plagues that forced Pharaoh's hand and set them free. And even when Pharaoh changed his mind and pursued them, God literally opened the Red Sea for them to go through and then came crashing down with the sea on Pharaoh's army. After this, they went through a topsy-turvy period of trusting God today, doubting him tomorrow, and then complaining about meat, water, and everything in between. God finally brought them to a period at Mount Sinai where he took them through detailed instruction, gave them the law, and then gave them his commandments. That was like telling them it's now time to settle down and grow up. After going through a period at Mount Sinai, God felt they were now ready to enter the promised land. And so he brought them to this place called Kadesh Barnea. The name Kadesh or Kadesh Barnea in the Hebrew means holy, sacred, consecrated, a sanctuary. It also means an oasis of wandering. Now, putting these thoughts together, you can say Kadesh Barnea is a holy place or a well-watered oasis in the midst of a wilderness. It is that place that you come to after wandering for a long time and you find nourishment, refreshment, and purification. But for Israel, that was meant to be the turning point, the point of transition, the point of change, and a departure from one level into a new season of their lives. Kadesh Barnea is like the appointed time, the fullness of time for you and I. A place where everything you've been praying about, yearning for, desiring, and trusting is about to be released to you. All the years of pain in Egypt, the toll in the wilderness, the delays, and the disappointments were about to make sense. The promised land was only a few kilometers away. All that was required, just preview the land and enter it. Let me give you an illustration that we can all relate to. Imagine that after years of hustling, renting, and being harassed, you finally have your dream house built, painted, furnished by God. And then God takes you and brings you to the courtyard of the house and says, observe this giant screen and see all the features this house contains, after which you can cut the tape, enter the house, and possess it. That is Kadesh Barnea. A place where everything you have been desiring and waiting and working for is packaged, ready for possession. At every such moment in our lives, two conflicting voices emerge. What are they? The first one is the voice from the past. The voice of the past. What are the characteristics of that voice? The first thing that voice does is speak doubt, fear, and anxiety. 
Anytime God wants to bring you to a new level, a new place, a great moment in your life, a voice will emerge asking you questions. Casting doubts in your mind. Are you sure you can? Have you done this before? Look, I know people who have tried this and they are failed. Disgracefully failed. It's not worth the effort. Leave it alone. You won't die. Doubt. Fear. Anxiety. What if you try and it doesn't work? Oh, people will laugh. Why do you want to worry yourself? Leave it alone. Anytime you hear that voice that brings doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, it is the voice of the past. The second thing that voice does is bring you a history of failure. It reminds you of things you yourself tried that didn't work. Do you remember last year or even last two years? The same thing. You prayed and prayed and God didn't answer. Do you remember? That is the voice that paints pictures of things you have tried, hoped for, expected that didn't work out, and reminds you that today is just like that. Anytime God is lifting you to a new place, that voice is literally holding your garment and saying, just stay here. There is no point. Sometimes experience can be a bad teacher. Why? Because if you have experienced fear, doubt, disappointment so much, when God is saying you can, your experience is fighting God's word because you have not seen anything you can call a big testimony in your life before. In that, in that regard, your experience can fight God's word concerning your life. The third characteristic of that voice is that it speaks to limitation and impossibility. It reminds you of your limitation. Physical limitations, spiritual limitations, financial limitations, geographical limitations, economic limitations. You are too short. You don't know anybody. You don't have enough qualification. That voice rejoices in showing you what you don't have. Limitation upon limitation. And then reminds you of impossibility. This thing, you haven't done it before. I don't know anybody who has done it before. It can't be done. That is the voice of the past. Interestingly, out of 12, 10 have this voice. Which means that very often the majority around us tend to have a voice that speaks about limitation, fear, doubt, impossibility, and tell you, you cannot do it. But there were two who chose to be different and to see with the eye of God. They represented the voice of the future. What is the first characteristic? Boldness, faith, and a can-do spirit. Anytime you set out to obey God and to move your life forward, there will be a voice that tells you, go for it. Go for it, my sister. Push forward, my brother. Trust God. It shall be done. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That is the voice of faith. That is the voice of boldness. That is the can-do spirit. That is the voice you must surround yourself with. It is important to understand that something that God will do in your life 
will not in any way measure up to the circumstances of your life. So if you look at what you have alone, it will not even make sense. But the second thing about this voice of the future is that it recognizes God's appointed time. What is so important about appointed time? In that moment, what has been impossible in the past suddenly becomes possible to you. Can I announce to somebody that in this season and in this defining moment, something that has been impossible in your life for a long time, you cannot even have possibly dared to dream or conceptualize it in your mind. God is about to break open, open every padlock, remove every limitation, cancel every law and every statute that works against you and create access for you into a place you never dreamt you could go and never dreamt could be and you will do something that will confound the wisdom of men. And in this season, the word will be possibility, 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 possibility. In the appointed time of God, somebody will experience God's power and God's possibility. Hallelujah. At the place called Kadesh Barnea, let your dreams roll big because God is about to shock somebody. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I have a dream. Tell the person, it's a big dream. Tell the person, it's a powerful dream. Tell the person, the dream scares me because it is big. But I will still dream it because I'm at Kadesh Barnea. If somebody has a big dream in this service, put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. Oh, big dreams. Give a shout for big dreams and big possibilities. Hallelujah. When you dream a big dream in in the appointed time and you wake up, you say, where are the resources? The third characteristic of the voice of the future is that it speaks about God's unlimited resources. God knew that Abraham will have an objection in his mind. And so the first thing he said in the Genesis 18 that we read is that is anything, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now I have a question for you. What is it that you have listed as your big troubles in this season? And I know I'm speaking to somebody here because troubles don't come in singles. They come in doubles and clusters. Sometimes when you think you are dealing with one big trouble that is so big, another one comes following just like that. And you say, oh, how can I even handle the second one? And guess what? A third one too is coming. They come in doubles and clusters. What is it that is so big that looks impossible? The question from God is anything too hard for the Lord. The assurance from God, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is too difficult for our God. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? That dream may be big. That vision may be big. But the eternal provision of Jehovah will be released in your situation. Your dream will be a reality. That project will be a reality. That health will be a reality. 
whatever you are trusting God for, his unlimited provision will make it a reality. If you believe it, lift up a shout of possibility one more time. Grace is abounding to somebody at Kadesh Barnia. So, when two lawyers stand before in a court, one for the plaintiff, one for the defendant, and they make their arguments, when they finish, it's left to the jury or the judge to say, who had a better case? So Israel listened to the voice of the past and the voice of the future as they made their arguments. Two people voting, two people staking their claim for the voice of the future and ten people for the voice of fear, doubt, limitation, impossibility. And Israel overwhelmingly chose the ten, the voice of doubt, the argument about fear. It made sense. The things of God, they don't make sense. Hallelujah. So in Numbers 14, verse 1 going, Bible says they wept. They criticized Moses and Aaron. They blamed God for bringing them out of Egypt to come and kill them and their children in the wilderness. And after they finished speaking, they finally agreed to appoint a new leader and travel back to Egypt. They had shown the same kind of ungratefulness a number of times but at Kadesh Barnea it was unacceptable let me tell you something about the defining moments of our lives little things become big in defining moments a small seed will yield a big harvest in a defining moment a small word spoken wrongly in a defining moment can cut short an opportunity why is it so important? Because in that moment, everything comes together and it's a make or break situation. Hallelujah. Israel made the wrong judgment and by their choice, rejected God as their leader. God responded strongly. In Numbers 14, verse 29 to 35, the judgment of, the God, of God was swift and decisive. Numbers 14, 29 says, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years and above, except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. By your little ones whom you said will be victims, I will bring them in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and your sons will be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and shall bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. Verse 34. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year. Namely, 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. Verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation 
who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. Why was it such a big deal that they rejected God at Kadesh Barnea? Because everything from 430 years, everything from the wilderness was coming to one notable moment. Hallelujah. This season in our lives is so important because so much has been built up into this season. And I believe with all my heart that God is about to do something that will make years of preparation suddenly make sense. Somebody's life is about to take an upward turn and you will look back and say, no wonder. There were things I never understood. There were things I never was able to come to terms with. Now I understand because at Kadesh Barnea, the past suddenly makes sense. The pain suddenly makes sense. The disappointment suddenly makes sense. And all things, small pieces you can't understand, begin to come together and work for your good. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I'm there. Has God been faithful to somebody? Has God helped somebody at a time when your back was against the wall? Has God come through for you with unusual favor on a day that you had nobody to speak for you and you thought you would just go down and somehow, some way, God just made a way for you? Is there somebody with a witness like that here? Can I tell you something? The same God who helped you before. Oh, he will help you again. I said he will help you again. At Kadesh Barnea, not only will God help you, he will do it pressed down, shaking together and running over. Somebody's about to experience supernatural favor, supernatural help, supernatural upliftment. Why? Because you are at Kadesh Barnea. So, how do we navigate when we come to Kadesh Barnea? If Israel got it wrong, what should we do? Number one, be sensitive to divine moments. Not every day is the same. Joseph received a prophecy that he would be great. At age 17, he was waiting to be great. For 13 years, all he saw was trouble. That was his wilderness. But one day, for a few minutes, he found himself in front of Pharaoh. At that point, you can't afford to make mistakes. All the waiting, all the pain, all the build-up, it is to that one day. Sometimes it's for a brief moment. That window opens in a brief moment. But that moment of destiny can change your life forever. Some of the most important relationships in your life, you met the person in an innocuous way somewhere and somebody just introduced them or maybe you just felt like walking up to them and you responded to the call of God and walked there and then there and behold, that was somebody that you will need at the most critical point in your life. A small moment, but that's a defining moment. May God help you to notice it. May God make you sensitive to divine moments. In a service, God can say something in one minute. The whole sermon is there, but that one minute, that thing that God said is the defining statement for the rest of your life. May you be able to come to that moment and spot it and catch it like this. Hallelujah. 
Moses was 40 years in the wilderness wondering what his whole life was about. And one day he sees a burning bush. He could have said, it'd be a bush. And then turn around and walk away. The Bible says he stopped and when he came close, God spoke. If he had turned around and gone away, that would have been it. In your defining moment, may God make you sensitive. The second thing that you need to do at Kadesh Barnia is be sensitive to divine speed. Divine speed. You can't afford to walk slowly, be indifferent, be unsure, be forgetful, or be late at Kadesh Barnia. You've waited so long to get here when God alerts you to a moment of destiny, it requires agency and speed. On the night of the Passover, the Passover in Egypt, after 430 years, God was about to take Israel out in one night. And in the book of Exodus 12, verse 11, God instructed them to eat in a particular way as a reminder that in the moment of destiny, speed and agency are important. Exodus 12, 11 says, And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. There are moments in your life when you must eat standing, holding your staff, with your belt on your waist. Why? Because at that point, it's not about eating. It's about the future. You are about to walk into something and you are 100% focused. May the spirit of agency come upon you at Kadesh Barnia. Hallelujah. You can't be indecisive. We can't be late. We can't be forgetful. At Kadesh Barnia, it is agency and speed. The third one and the most important is sensitivity to divine timing. Timing. Why is that important? Timing is everything in the moment of destiny. In this defining moment, things change very quickly. Let me use the analogy of water, heating water to bring this point home. When you put the kettle on fire or you put water on fire, it begins to heat all the way up to 99 degrees Celsius and it's still water or steam. Every degree you add, it's simmering, it's hot, it's steam, but the energy is generated within. And that last degree, that adds to the 99 to make it 100, the water starts boiling. Is the water boiling because of one degree? No. But that one degree is the tipping point. Without that one degree, it will still remain steam. But that one degree brings it to a boil. Add it earlier, and it will not change much. But at Kadesh Barnia, that one prayer you add is more important than every other prayer you have prayed. So the same prayer you prayed, and you said, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing happened at Kadesh Barnia. 
that one extra prayer and you are there that one extra move and you are there that one extra moment in god's presence and you are there that one extra act of obedience and you are there it is divine timing when we studied about the aircraft in the message from strength to strength we said when the airplane starts taxiing it starts maybe five kilometers and builds all the way up and the jumbo jet cannot take off at a slow speed it must build high speed However, when it gets to somewhere between 240 and 280 kilometers per hour, it must take off. If it tries to take off earlier, it won't fly. But if it tries to take off too late too, it will overshoot the runway or the plane will, will implode and the parts will come off. That means there is an optimum timing of God when you should move. If that time has not come, others may be rushing but just wait. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. And so everyone else is rushing, but you are waiting because the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. If God doesn't say move, wait. It may not make sense mathematically, it may not make sense economically or financially, but just wait. The creator of heaven and earth says wait. But in the fullness of time, when the wind current is right, when everything is set, when God says move, you rise and your strength is renewed. And you walk and you don't get weary. You run and you don't faint because your strength comes from above. May strength come to somebody. May divine energy come to somebody. In this season, may God lift somebody up by the strength of Jehovah. Hallelujah. Divine timing is everything. So, how do we get our timing right? In the Psalm of Moses, Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Somebody say, Teach me, Lord. Say, Teach me, Lord to number my days and gain a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number our days? It simply means every day having divine discretion. What should I do today? What shouldn't I do? Where should I go? What is appropriate? Is this seed time? Is this harvest time? Understanding the seasons of your life and the timing. Let's end with a woman who got it right. Israel got it completely wrong, but somebody got it right. And let's end with a woman we call the Shunammite woman. This was a woman who did good to Elisha at a time when she was very notable, wealthy, influential. And so the Bible says in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 that she showed kindness to Elisha by offering him a whole apartment in her house, building it customized and furnishing it. And Elisha asked her, do you want a favor from me? She said, no, nothing. He said, can I speak to the king or the commander of the army on your behalf? She said, nothing. Why? Because it was seed time. Divine timing. There is a time to sow and a time to reap. And at seed time, you don't look for harvest. 
Hallelujah. Elisha was so impressed that he prayed for her to get a son which she needed. And God granted it and she got a son. But in the records of heaven, she had not asked for anything. So seven years later, at the instruction of Elisha, she had left the, the town to escape a famine. And when she came back seven years later, her property had been taken over by some other people, maybe land guards. And so she went to the king to appeal for her land to be restored to her. Seven years earlier, she didn't need a favor from the king. But seven years later, when she went to see the king for help, the seed she had sown seven years earlier was still speaking like this. Speaking like this. So let's go to the scripture and see how it ended. Somebody say the appointed time. Somebody say the fullness of time. Second Kings chapter 8 verse 3 to 6. The Bible says, It came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, that there was this woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman. And this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. Amazing. Verse 6. And when the king asked the woman and she told him, the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds of the field from that day that she left the land until now. Do I hear seven years back pay in somebody's testimony? Do I hear a sound of seven years back pay with interest? May God orchestrate a supernatural conversation you know nothing about. May two people who are conversing, may their conversation shift towards you. And may the timing be perfect at a time when you need the biggest breakthrough of your life. Somebody say Kadeshbania. May God cause your name to be mentioned in the corridors of power. May God orchestrate a discussion that you did not plan. On a day you cannot speak for yourself, may God cause somebody to speak for you. On a day you need help the most, may a seed you sowed seven years earlier suddenly sprout and speak for you. I came to bring encouragement to somebody. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Whatever he has said, whatever he has said, whatever he has said, it shall come to pass in your life. I hear the sound of possibility in this place. I hear the sound of fulfillment in this place. I hear the sound of an appointed time in this place. Somebody match. It is the fullness of time all the pain, all the tears, all the delay, it is now time to walk into your promised land. Somebody say, I'm marching. I'm entering my promise in Jesus' name. If you believe it, put your hands together and give a shout.
Hallelujah. Let me end with the, in a very uncharacteristic place with the lyrics of a song that I believe are very prophetic at a time like this. The song is from a musical by Jekyll and Hyde originally, but which has been adopted by Lumina and Dakra Symphony Orchestra. And whenever they sing it, I find myself on the edge of my seat saying, Lord, let me not miss this moment. The title of the song is, This is the Moment. And so let me share the lyrics with you and trust God that on the strength of this message, the words will minister to somebody. It says, this is the moment. This is the day when I send all my doubts and demons on their way. Because every endeavor I have made ever is coming into play. It's here and now today. Every endeavor, everything you've done over the years, suddenly is coming into play. The second verse says, this is the moment. This is the time when the momentum and the moment are in rhyme. Give me this moment, this precious moment. And look at the last part. I will gather up my past and I will make some sense at last. Can I encourage somebody this morning? Your past may have been shameful, but at Kadesh Banya, you will make sense at last. You may have gone through pain and disappointment, but in this season, God will make sense out of every detail of your life. It was not in vain that you went through that pain. It was not in vain that you went through that disappointment. It will make sense at last in this season. Hallelujah. The next verse is, this is the moment when all I've done, all the praying, waiting and waiting on the Lord, this is the day. See it sparkle and shine. Look at the last two lines. When all I have lived for becomes mine. At Kadesh Banya, the things you have prayed about, trusted God for, some of them you've forgotten them, but at Kadesh Banya, the things you have lived for, it will become yours. Somebody will hold that possession. Somebody will hold that property. Somebody will hold that relationship. And somebody will hold that dream. And it shall be a reality. The next verse. This is the moment. Look at the next two lines. My final test. Because destiny is calling. Somebody hear me. This is the final test. You've passed test number one. Past test number two, past test number three. This is Kadesh Banya. The promised land is a few kilometers away. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct you. And it will become the sweetest moment of them all. Final verse. This is the moment when I look back. I will always recall that this is the greatest moment of them all. I came to encourage somebody. When you look back five years from now, when you look back 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, you will see that this season, this period was the turning point and the greatest moment for your life, for your family, for your ministry, for your health, for your business, because this is Kadesh Pania. Your appointed time, your defining moment, your due date, and your due season. May the Lord honor somebody 
may the Lord help somebody, may the Lord uphold somebody, and may the Lord make a way for somebody, even where there seems to be no way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody celebrate the Lord. Is there a shout of possibility in the house? Hallelujah. Somebody said, this is my moment. Can we take a faith confession this morning? Everybody lift up your two hands to God. Let's say it with power. Let's say it with authority. It's a faith confession. Let's say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I silence. I silence every voice of doubt, fear, anxiety, failure, and limitation. I embrace. I embrace. I embrace the voice of boldness. I embrace. God's timing. I embrace the fullness of time. This is the fullness of time. This is the fullness of time. This is the fullness of time. I see God's supernatural provision. I see God's supernatural provision. I see God's supernatural provision. This is my moment. This is my moment. This is my moment. My appointed time. My appointed time. My appointed time, I enter, I enter into my promised land. I enter into my promised land. I enter into my promised land. This is Kadesh Barnia. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody celebrate the Lord again. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching.